1: Welcome back to the Celtics Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Fetchify, and Dr. Justin Quinn. We've got a lot of cool stuff to cover, at least, of which we're doing with our giveaway. And we're going to talk about some trades. So we bring in our favorite capologist, Yossi Gosselin of Hoops Hype. Uh, Yossi, how are you? And immediately plug your, uh, your trade guide that you just published.
0: I am doing okay and uh, a lot better now that this trade guide is done. Uh, it's on Hoopsipe, just my comprehensive 30 team dive on just everyone and just what I think each team, what direction each team might go, uh, you know, throw in a couple hypotheticals now and then. And I think I do a pretty good job of explaining which teams should be active, which won't, uh, biggest takeaway. I don't right now, everyone wants to be good. No one wants to sell. So just... Until somebody decides to pivot, uh, if, if this is the market, it might be a, a quiet one this year.
1: Uh, Justin, I'll ask you too, and then we'll get into what we were supposed to talk about. But in 10 seconds or less, um, who do you both think will be the team that blinks first? Either a desperate buyer or a, an eager seller? Just for, par- just for parlor in- intrigue, I'll say the Lakers because we're recording it Thursday night, and it looks like the Lakers are getting spanked on national TV. And, yeah,
2: um, they don't look like they are going to come out of the AD injury very well, and they would be wise to try to do something to generate some uh, draft capital after basically, well, I won't say what they did with it because that would, would get us some trouble with our sensors. So, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> the past month, everyone's looking at the Bulls, the Wizards, uh, as teams that could potentially become sellers. Raptors. So yeah, that okay. So Toronto's a team that I thought even less likely to become a seller. But I don't, just I've been thinking about them more and more cuz last month I just I'm, not, I'm just thinking they're better than this. They were really good with this base basically this core last year. Like they got to improve and now it's even more concerning that they haven't. And I think look, the Raptors brilliant front office. I think like if you look at Siakam for example, there's probably three or four teams out there that would give up something insane for him right now. Like I'm talking all their draft picks, some young players. And if you're the Raptors, I think you got to seriously consider it. So uh, I, that's just a team that I'm just thinking more and more. Uh, I They're probably going to get some insane offers. And my gut is that if they do, they'll take them.
2: Whoa. All
1: right. I like that. Let's let's put a pin in that. All right. Um, cuz we're here to talk about the Celtics, not the not the Raptors although That is maybe we'll, we'll close with that um cuz we're going to close with the biggest possible Celtics trades out there. Um so yeah, Yossi, you are primarily here to tell us mostly what's possible for Celtics trade season. I find myself pinging Justin and saying like this is an idea but like is it legal or feasible? Um and then I'm sure he taps you on the shoulder and <laughs> so he can look smart. So Yo, see, that's what you're here for. And like I said, we're gonna do a giveaway that I'll talk about in a second. But without further ado, let's do the news. And the news is okay. Um, the Celtics just beat the Nets. It was an okay game. I mean, there were some things to like: Malcolm Brogdon, Luke Kornet. There were some things to not like: Jason Tatum looked tired. Um, and the worst news of it all is that Jalen Brown will be out a week or so. Doctor Quinn, not that kind of doctor. What's the latest with that injury, and uh, what does it mean?
2: We tweaked it in the win over the Pelicans, according to him post-game to NBC Sports' uh, Abby Chin. It's seemingly not a very serious injury, and with two games against the Charlotte Hornets coming up after this game we just witnessed, uh, it's a very good time <laughs> to take a short break. Uh, it's not, I think, going to be something too serious uh, in terms of impacting the, the record of the Celtics, and as I was basically alluding to like any rest you can get these heavy minutes guys uh, at this point in the season, isn't necessarily bad, particularly if it can avoid aggravating something that can become a much more serious injury.
1: Yeah. I kind of thought it was scheduled rest, but he traveled to Brooklyn and and tried it out um, to your point. The Celtics next two games are both on the road in Charlotte. I don't think they need Jalen Brown. Um, if he's back, for Thursday's game against Golden State a week from tonight. That would be cool at home in the garden. Um, But if not, it's January. I don't think it really, really matters. Um, And then also, since we last talked, the Celtics did indeed beat the Pelicans um, without Rob or Smart, but the aforementioned Jalen Brown had 41 points. Um, Jeff Twist from Celtics PR gave us a stat. It was the first time that two Celtics players scored 30 points each and a 10 rebounds each since 2001. When Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce did that. Um, and that made me feel old because I feel like I remember that game. Um, and I'm I'm not that old, I don't think. Anyways, uh, let's do a little bit more news and then uh let's get into the trade stuff. Um, Yossi, you're you're in LA, I believe. Um we have some bias, I think, here at the Celtics Side Podcast. What's your less biased take on the Celtics?
0: I still think they're the best team in the league. And I'm not worried about whatever, you know, I don't even think they're struggling. I just, I think to some degree, whatever they were doing in the beginning of the year, somewhat unsustainable, but I still don't think that, uh, you know, just because they're not on that level, we should start considering them any less. I still think that the way the team structured got the best one through nine in the league. Uh, They got two stars in the most important position. And the types of guards they have, the types of bigs they have also play off viable and uh, they could still do something else. I don't think they'll do anything too crazy. We'll get into that, but um, I still think they're the best team in the league. And uh, you know, I'm also not as, still not as worried about the bucks either. I still think that it's between them and Boston. Um, you know, I just, I can't, I don't get carried away by what's going on in January. Um Regular season and playoff basketball, just completely different uh, sports, in my opinion.
1: Are there any teams out west that, that you think either are sleeping giants or are overrated?
0: So I would, I think Memphis right now is the best team in the west. Um, Denver will probably end up being the one seed, but yeah. I don't totally believe in them for. Making a deep playoff run, even though they've done it one other time. And Memphis, I think they have the deepest team. Uh, them and the Pelicans have the deepest team. But I, between what Jaw's doing right now, Bane was playing at an all-star level before he got hurt. I'm expecting him to make a to bounce back soon. Jaren is the best defensive player in the NBA right now. Uh, I just think and. uh like they're they're the best two-way team in the west right now especially Mm -hmm. coming into the playoffs new orleans i need to see it i need to see a little more what they can do in the playoffs uh i but they they could definitely win a playoff round um clippers i'm i'm just done with them i'm done with (laughs) um i'm done trusting them believing having optimism Um, other than that, I mean, the Warriors, I just can't go there right now. I know every, I think they're still favored to win the West, uh, in Vegas and some books, but, um, I just, some, I just don't see, I need to see it. They need to go on a run before I can go there. Well, I'm not ruling them out. Uh, so in a way, I suppose, so Memphis right now, and if the war, just a slight chance to the Warriors, just cause, um, you know, they're still the Warriors. I just, I need to see a, a run first. Otherwise, I think Memphis is like a little cut above everyone else.
1: Yeah, I I feel the same way. John Morant is just like, it feels unsustainably explosive. So I I feel quite worried about that. Um, and I just refuse to say anything negative about the Warriors because they'll just prove you wrong and make you look stupid. Um, but I like what you said about Boston being the deepest team in the league. Um, but perhaps there's there's moves for them to get even deeper. Before we do an ad break and then really get into things, um, technically speaking, the Celtics did, in fact, make a trade already. They sent Noah Vonlay to the San Antonio Spurs for nominally a second-round pick and cash considerations. Um, Vonlay was then waived. Uh, Yossi, this was like as boring a trade as they come. Can you explain why both teams benefited from doing this?
0: So the cut down date came and went and rule is if you're going to cut a non-guaranteed guy, you still got to pay him for the days he was on the team and or the days as uh, you know, he, the days he accrued on his contract. So had they just cut him, they would have still had to pay him, uh, you know, half whatever his salary was. Uh, so they would have had something like 1.2 mil on their books and that money. Uh, but if you trade him, if you, you know, if you trade any player, you get off their cap hits completely. So uh, for the Celtics, they just, instead of saving uh, like 4 million, something like that, uh, getting off and completely save them 9 million. And I'm expecting they'll probably do the same thing with Justin Jackson. That'll save them like another 9 mil. Uh, and then the, just gives them lets them save money um uh, which you know i i know that uh when a team is uh, in contention it sounds like uh you know it doesn't sa- it doesn't sound good to the fans but these are just two guys that are not going to be in the rotation they were they they put them on the roster in the beginning of the season cuz they were so injured uh mm-hmm. galinari had just torn his acl and robert williams was not healthy just so much uncertainty with the back end of the rotation, and now everything's under control. And the Celtics are gonna probably be one of the favorites in the buyout market uh, if they don't make any uh, trade. Uh, even if they keep the roster as is, my feeling is at a minimum, they will dump Justin Jackson just to get off that money. And then you're gonna, maybe they can get two buyout guys uh, just for whatever pr- the prorated minimum, whatever. Uh, they're, they are, they'll they have to pay those players for the rest of the season, which is going to be maybe 40% of the full minimum. Right. So you're saving money and improving the roster, probably getting veterans that will do, be better than uh, Vonland and Justin Jackson. The Spurs so, also
2: benefited from that trade too, right? They, they had to get to the salary floor?
0: Yeah, but this did not actually help them at all get to the salary floor. So why did um, they do it? They did it for money. Uh, Boston gave them like 1.5 mil, which is I'm surprised that usually when you with these financially motivated trades, when you're trying to save money and if you don't want to give up a pick, like I remember in the Houston OKC trade, the Derek Favors trade, OKC had to give them like all the cash they're possibly allowed to give six mil. And for San Antonio and Boston, they just seem so tight as trade buddies that all it took was 1.5 mil. So um so yeah not too much yeah but they they did not even get them like like they took on Jang's 1.8 mil but that 1.8 mil doesn't even count not the whole thing doesn't even count towards it's only counts towards uh what they took in so they're still like 15 mil below the uh thing but i think as shown with uh, okc last year they Stayed way below, and each player got like a million dollars from it.
2: I don't think they'll be too um, upset about that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely a morale booster. So, it, you know, I don't think maybe some other, maybe the Spurs and Pacers will look at it like, uh, like for them, like even if they, something they might want to be pragmatic and actually use the space, use your cap space, get to the floor uh, instead of just reimbursing the money back to your players. But OKC doing that definitely helps them in leverage because none other teams can be like, hey, if OKC did it, why can't why not Indiana, uh, San Antonio? Maybe they'll just do nothing if they don't get if, if their price points aren't met for whatever veterans are on the market. So I think they'll do stuff. I just wouldn't be totally surprised if um, I, I would still expect both teams to increase their payrolls somewhat, maybe not to where they needed to be to hit the salary floor. <clears throat>
1: It's so admirable that the Pacers aren't even at the salary floor and that they're like almost a shoe in for the postseason at this point in the East.
0: Yeah, um, and well, the, as guess, long as Tyrese is okay, we got. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, like two make, injuries yesterday.
1: That might change. I guess I think, yeah, you can't take anything for granted at the NBA. Um, all right, let's pause the action and do an ad break, but don't hit the skip button because I'm also going to tell you about a giveaway, and then we'll hop into the lab and talk more about trades. So, bet online. Our friends over at Bet Online remain your number one source for all your sports betting this season from everything, from the NFL postseason to the NBA and to esports and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. They feature live betting, free contests, live scores, and everything else for almost any sport and game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So hit the betonline.ag today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your reward bet online where the game starts. Okay, more in the way of promotion. The music that you hear at the beginning of each and every Celtics Lab podcast comes from the band Divine Sweater. Alex, one of our hosts, plays bass for Divine Sweater. And Divine Sweater has new music coming out and a show coming up at O'Brien's Pub in Alston on January 28th. And what we would like to do is we would like to send you to that show. So here's how this works. Here's how you can get two free tickets to the Divine Sweater Show down in Austin in Rat City on January 28th. Uh, Next week or at the beginning or at the end of this week, we'll put out a tweet on Twitter at Celtics Lab plugging a future episode. And what we're going to do is we are going to invite you to give us your best mock trade for the Boston Celtics and we'll encourage you to trade NBA or the trade machine on ESPN, whatever it is, give us the most detailed answer you can give. Because A, we're going to pick one of those and whichever one we like best and send them over to to Alex and he'll send you some tickets to the show at O'Brien's Pub in Austin on January 28th. But if you submit a trade and you get every player and pick involved correct, regardless of whether or not you want to go to the show, we will send you $25. So there's two ways to play. There's two ways to win. Uh, We want to support our friends over at Divine Sweater, but we also want to support our listeners with stone-cold American cash, or quite frankly, Venmo. Uh, So the too-long-didn't-read, look out for a tweet signaling our little giveaway. And if you're a music fan, regardless, you should check out Divine Sweater on Spotify or wherever you get your favorite music. All right, Justin, I missed anything?
2: Uh, no, I think those are the details that are most important. I think uh, just to be clear, you don't have to tell us exactly which pick it is, just like a first round pick, a second round pick, et cetera. Oh. So it doesn't have to be like the better of the Houston OKC, whatever one that they have. It's a three team split. Like, we don't mean that specific. That would be crazy. But just a general outline.
1: No, Justin is much more generous than I. I was going very specific there. Um, I'm much more guarded about my $25 bills. All right, Yossi, let us do this. Uh, I'm going to pose to you different uh, pieces of information, different angles, different possibilities. And if you could explain to us, A, what is possible, and then B, if you'd like, what do you think might happen? And Justin will chime in along the way. Um, We're really here to get a sense of what the Celtics are allowed to do as much as we are to guess what they might do. So let me start with this. Can you give us an update, or, or rather, just uh, explain to us where the Celtics are at vis-a-vis the cap, um, the luxury tax, and what we think we know about uh, what, how that might affect their plans?
0: So the only one that uh, that applies to them right now is luxury tax. They are just under; they're projected to have just under 60 million of payment. And like I said, if they do what I think they will, which is uh, unload one more guy likely Justin Jackson and then bring in some minimum guys will probably reduce that even more. Um, I, so in my opinion, I think that's the safest, most likely route. Um, uh, now they don't really have any limitations. They could do whatever they want. They can pay, they can add more salary, uh, with as much as, you know, they're allowed to per salary matching or their trade exceptions and pay as much as they want. Um, uh, My, so I guess we can actually start getting into the meat, which is, is there, do the Celtics need to make, I'll ask you guys, do you think the Celtics need to make a trade? Do you guys think that they should make another aggressive move add another rotation player? Uh, I think Brad Stevens has done an excellent job. They've traded three first round picks in a row, respectively for Horford, uh, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. And in my opinion, I think they're set in with their rotation. And assuming this is they're going into the playoffs with this team fully healthy. I you can bring in another rotation player of that ilk, uh, like trade another first round pick. Just as an example, let's say you could bring in y- Jakob Pertle. Yeah, that'd be great. But now there's like someone's gonna get squeezed out. So in my opinion, and in, in my trade guide, I don't really get into hypotheticals. I don't really get into the possibility of them even using their trade exceptions. I don't even mention the trade exceptions because I just I don't think they'll, they'll use them, to be honest. So uh, I think they do get to the point where the rotation gets too strong and you're just kind of paying extra for uh, reinforcements in case of an injury, which is fine. But that's just my opinion. I think that's why I keep going back to the buyout. But I think they'll rely on that but uh yeah what do you what do you guys tell me do you think I'm wrong and if so who do you think they should target
2: I don't think you're wrong uh I do think there's a specific kind of player that if they can get for a good price they might go for which is like we saw Peyton Pritchard kind of struggling in the game against the Nets tonight because he got a chance to play and he so rarely gets a chance to play that he really kind of like almost overdoes his effort level And that's because he's worried about his next contract as a rookie should be. You know, I mean, he's buried in the rotation. There's no end of that happening in the immediate future, at least this season, in sight. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't want to trade Peyton Pritchard. But if it comes down to, uh, as Alex was saying uh, in the chat during the game, uh, that, you know, when he can't put the ball in the net, then he isn't really that effective of a backup. So if you can find somebody who makes less than one of those TPs, and as you were suggesting, I think it's probably going to be more around the disabled player exception levels, which we can talk more about shortly. Um, I think that if you could find somebody like, just as an example, I don't know if he's actually available, but like a Kenridge Williams uh, of the Thunder. Somebody's a little bit older, somebody who's secure, they know what they're going to be making, and they're just going to be happy to be on a team with a potential role and an occasional playing time that is the kind of guy who plays like three, four, five, somewhere in that range that could be helpful for this team. Other than that, I think it's probably just going to be maybe a minimum signing of a big who's like a little bit more sturdy.
1: Yeah, I I am of the mind that the Celtics should let it rip. Um, that the first round pick, they should consider Like I know that they're kind of limited because they've sent a few out and you have to have, you can only send out so many and
2: they
0: can years. trade up to three firsts right now, but another key thing to keep in mind, they have a lot of seconds and they have three seconds in this upcoming draft. I would expect them to be aggressive trying to offload those three second round picks. What are you going to do with all that? If you're a good team.
2: I think so too.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I guess I, another tricky thing about being aggressive is, that means trading Danilo Gallinari, not using the disabled player exception, but full-on trade in Gallo, um, which I don't think is the worst thing that's ever happened in the NBA, but is a little icky. Um, I mean, the, he seems so happy to be in Boston. The team keeps him around. He's, he's with the team often. Um, but that's really, really the only way to build up salary because if you stack Pritchard and Cornette, you're still not at that much money. Um, that being said, I think... Uh, Yossi, to your point, a a veteran makes sense to me. Um, Pritchard and Cornette are, are fine, but they haven't been there. Um, if they can get the salary to add up at total it's not crazy to me. Um, it, it's maybe a lateral move for him, so I don't know if he's that interested in it. But Danny Green is not doing anything in Memphis. It's not guaranteed he would get minutes in Boston. But every year we see that the teams that go to the conference finals, the finals, are the healthiest teams. Um, and just having a player that can step in from your eleventh guy to suddenly your seventh guy, or God forbid your fourth or fifth guy, um, I don't want you know Boston to be sitting at home in June because Jalen Brown reaggravated his groin, and Marcus Smart's glass in his hand flared up, and they didn't have another guy in reserve. Um, title contention is is fleeting in the NBA, so I am of the mindset that they should go for it. But whenever Justin says, okay, who are they going to go get? then I don't have an answer. So I want to say, let it rip. It's unclear to me who would actually be available and like reasonably available for the Celtics to get. Um, although I do think that um, Danny Green is interesting to me. And if the Suns continue to stink, Darius Sarge, I've always liked.
0: So I want to touch on the, on two of those guys you each mentioned, uh, Kendrick Williams, Danny Green. Uh, those are Players, if you can turn Gallinari and you know whoever else it might be needed a salary filler uh, to get a guy like that, like one of them, I think. Yeah, you do that. Uh, So Danny Green hasn't played all year. He said himself, and I think on ESPN or in a podcast that he's trying to come back by All Star break, which is pretty amazing considering he tore his ACL like in the in the second round of the playoffs, and generally the. The, the recent trendy timetable for ACL recoveries, especially for older veterans, just like missed the whole year uh, recently. And we just saw Ricky Ruby. I was about, I, I don't know if he came back today or he's about to come back. Yeah, I saw that uh, with less than a year. Joe Ingles coming back in less than a year. Good
2: too. It was like, it
1: was like, yeah. it was crazy.
0: Yeah. And now Danny Green's trying to do the same thing. So um you know just I, i'll never understand uh, the the i don't know how it was like Kawhi jamal murray oh skip wait the whole year just relax unless there's like a difference in the way the severity i don't know but either way uh yeah danny green and now and i'll throw in another two guys kind of in that salary range a little higher i think definitely gettable for the celtics uh Gary Harris and Doug McDermott. So you guys are thinking about like, oh. you know, wing types. Gary yeah, Harris a little undersized, but still just like most of these guys we just mentioned play some three. Kendrick Williams, in his case, can play some four. Might be more ideal because that's exactly what they were looking for for Gallinari. Uh, but the thing was all those guys, I I don't think they're wor- at all worth uh, first-round picks. Uh, now, if, if Boston can get these guys for a bunch of seconds, I think you do it. Uh, but because if you just compare all these guys, I just we just talked about uh versus Derek White, Al Horford, Malcolm Brogdon, like there's a clear distinction in talent where, OK, giving up one first round pick for those guys makes sense. But uh it's not quite the same for a lot of these best available veterans on the market. I keep saying how then in, in I my opinion, I disagree. This, well, I
1: think um, I think it's possible that. The, the value of that first round pick that goes out is the rest that you allow Brogdon and Horford. So like, you're right that Brogdon and Horford are a cut above Gary Harris and, uh, and old Danny Green. But like, if they can come in and let Brogdon and Horford, you know, rest their way through the first round, I think that's worth a first round pick.
2: There is a commonly held view that if you are a contending team, that you're not going to be doing a lot with first round picks anyway. So if it was a near term first round pick, I could see that but just because yeah, of the, the fact the
1: far off ones that's different. yeah
2: you gotta leave those alone just because you never know how how the the situation is going to pan out particularly if jalen brown makes all nba this year and is eligible for supermax
0: right no but i just think like all these guys we just mentioned Hor- uh, just horford brogdon white they're like these guys like can start uh and close all these other guys we're talking about danny green mcdermott harris Kendrick williams they would not have yeah. – they, they probably would not at all have an opportunity. So I don't just – if we're just looking at – I'm just saying, like, these guys are not going to go for first-round picks. I'd be surprised if they do. Um, so I think – so I'm just saying Boston could very well get maybe get these guys uh, without trading one is what I'm saying. So they could still be aggressive. Uh, they could still get these guys. They just got to be a, a a little pragmatic about it because, uh, you know, they've already given up a good amount of firsts. They're not gonna have too many going forward if they're and so they, they gotta save those for like that type of player where they like I think they're they're smart to get these players they have traded first for uh they can't just blow it they're, I don't just I just don't see them uh, like continuing to blow it just to get another body uh, unless that guy is like at that level of the guys they've acquired so far that's just my opinion cool. I yeah I just I think I could I could definitely see them getting those guys for
2: seconds though.
1: I think so too. I mean, I'm sure anyone listening is, is into that.
2: Yeah, also, if you if you look at Peyton Pritchard as kind of like a crappy first-round pick of what you would expect to get out of one, then you can kind of think of him as that first-round pick if you need a first-round pick instead of spending future ones.
0: Do, do you guys think that that uh, Danny Angel leaving ultimately just kind of put Pritchard in this limbo situation in Boston because he, he drafted him? And then he unexpectedly leaves after his first season, and then Brad Steven just brings in two more point guards. Hmm. Um, I wonder maybe there's a trade between Boston and Utah that can uh, send Pritchard there and get Boston what they need. I like that. We've just heard a thought that a couple I
1: had times on yeah. this podcast now. Um, hmm. I mean, we talked, we've talked, we talked about this tonight. That like the problem with Pritchard is like he just he's not going to get enough burn to find that rhythm again. The the reason he was an effective role player is because he was averaging nearly twice as many minutes per game. And now, as well he might, it just doesn't seem that he does well with 10 minutes a game here and there. You know, he started the game. Um, I think if he went to Utah, which I think is likely, um, and he could, you know, be the starting small uh, uh, shooting guard for the next year or two during that rebuild, he might actually turn into an okay player. Um, but as the and, – and that's where, like, the value veterans come in. Like, as the guy who has to just, like, randomly come in and do his job, you saw it tonight, it, it kind of forces it and I would be no better. Like I'm not throwing shade. I think that's just, I bet he would agree if he saw, if, if he was here now. Um, so yeah, you will to it uh, I, I think Pritchard's utility in Boston is not what it once was. And I go back and forth on saying trade him right now and give him more time. Um, Justin disagrees, but I think we both agree that like, unless he's going to get more playing time in Boston,
0: it's consistent at least it
2: doesn't have to be like what it was but he needs to play every night at least eight or ten minutes a night or there's no point in keeping him on the roster in my opinion yeah
0: i agree it's unfair he probably get burned on the 20 other teams easily probably toronto needs a backup point guard pretty bad
1: yeah they do yeah and i mean i depend we haven't talked about any of the stuff we were supposed to talk about but whatever he's undersized. So he's always going to have that defensive liability. But as we've talked about before, he just makes the right play more often than not, unless he's going a little bit off the rails because, you know, he's wheeling and dealing. Um, he he gets offensive rebounds. He plays as hard as he can on defense. Like He does the right thing. Um, I think I've said this before. It's because I think he's, I know that he was, I think it's because he was a four year college guy. Um, so he kind of cut his teeth systematically uh the way college kids do um i don't know i i go back and forth like you said before like i think Cornette is great i think pitcher is great i would trade them in a heartbeat for an established uh starter quality player uh but i don't know who that person is i think that boston should be really really aggressive because you never know what's going to happen next but it's not clear to me uh maybe the the divine sweater fans who are listening right now can give us some good suggestions for next episode. Okay. You see, uh, I'm going to breeze through things and just explain them to me like I am a fifth grader who doesn't understand and um I'm asking you to do that because I don't understand. Okay. So we've talked about whether or not the Celtics will stand pat. There's not that much legalese that goes into there. We talked about the buyout market and payment structures there. Um we have talked about the implications of a small trade. Because Talk to us about how disabled player exceptions work. Um, to any like really confusing rules that anyone needs to be aware of. And the reason I bring that up is because Boston was awarded one because Danilo Gallinari was lost for the year. But if he comes back, they have to give back the DPE. Okay.
0: So um, yeah, no, no, no. If he comes back now, if he came back today, they still it would keep. go away. Yeah. They just and if they, if they just... sign
2: him first, then it doesn't. Whoever this person is,
0: no, 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 no. If if uh Danilo Gallinari came back right now, he's healthy, like today, even, uh, they still get to keep it. Damn. Yeah, they did because uh it'd just be like uh I believe I'm I'm pretty sure just like with the NBA they have like a panel something they just you know they evaluate the player and if they decide a season-ending injury then they reward him and I don't think they can unreward it. I think you get. I might be. I'm a little. I always get this confused. I believe that there's it, when it comes to trading him, that's when it starts to get complicated. I think. I, I think if they trade him, then they lose it. Um, I think. I, I, I think. I that's think where I've it's heard that in a as well. While. Yeah. 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 I think you're right on that. Yeah.
1: All right. Just in uh, more broadly, can you explain what a d- disabled player exception? Um, All right, So it, it acts like, just, and how much it is the, the one that Boston has.
0: So it acts mostly like, uh, like, it's kind of like a mix of, uh, uh, mid-level exception. One of those exceptions where you can sign someone in a bit of a trade exception. It's a, ben- a blend of both. So it'll expire. Us- they usually expire March 10th. And so, uh, you know, if there's like a really hot buyout player that, um, It might usually in the buyout market players just go for the minimum. They'll just join whoever, whichever team they want for the minimum. Uh, Brooklyn, for whatever reason, keeps cleaning up in the buyout market these past years and just paying them the minimum. But uh, it could be useful just in case they need to spend a little, invest a little more money. Um, So expires March 10th, they can use it to sign anyone up into that amount, 3.2 mil. Uh, they can also use it to trade for a player on an expiring contract within that amount. So uh, acts as another trade exception uh, to their list of several trade exceptions. Uh, you know, they've got like a 5.9, 3.8. But uh, once those expire, which will be after the trade deadline, uh, they'll still have that in case they want to uh, sign someone on the buyout market.
1: So, for people listening, that's, you know, Boston could send out those second round picks that we talked about and bring back
2: Nas um, Reed.
1: Not A player like Nas Reed to fit into one of those traded player exceptions that they got from previous transactions. Um, How much is that? Maybe you said this. How much is the Gallo CPE? Do we know offhand? It's like yeah, five, 3.2 mil. 3.2. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, anyone listening, if you want to fire up the trade machine, you can send out two second round picks and, in theory, bring back what looks like free money. Um, Okay. So fantastic. So they have the Gallo DPE. They have, I think they generated a TPE for the Noah Vonley thing technically, but I don't think they're going to use that. Um, Yeah. Can you run through the TPE stuff? Anything we missed? I don't think there's really much more to say.
0: Yeah. They got the Huancho 6.9, which expires a week from today. Um, Schroeder 5.9, Langford 3.8, uh, and then a bunch of minimum ones, they have like, uh, including Vonley's, which is like way too small to possibly—it's unlikely to get used. So, uh, yeah, and like I said, in my opinion, I don't—I'm—I think mo- more likely than not they just go unused. Um, uh, we'll see. Maybe they can do some trades where they cycle them again because Brass Stevens been and Danny Ainge, right before he left, have been trying to. Make bigger trade exceptions, like they got the Gordon Hayward one, and then they recycled that into the Fournier one, and they recycled that into a bunch of other smaller ones. Josh Richardson, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that one, but yeah.
2: No, I mean Same. more or less. You, yeah, you're yeah, I think you're right. I, at this point, I think most of our listeners even have become experts on traded player exceptions. There's just been so many of them recently.
0: Yeah, but you uh, get
1: you could get Rudy Gay for that six point nine TPE. True. Yeah.
0: Um, wouldn't be or, 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 or trade Gallo straight up for him with some seconds.
2: That so, would probably make a little bit more sense because I don't think they're gonna want to pay like what is it like 20 something million dollars for Rudy Gay. because uh,
1: yeah. Well, okay, so let's explain that. So if the Celtics take on extra salary, so in my the the idea I just came up with, they send two second round picks to Utah, Utah for Rudy Gay. They bring in Rudy Gay's, it's like six point two million dollar contract. You know, so why does that become a $20 million bill for the
0: Celtics? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have the exact... Th- those are wrong. Got, that was those a decisions. rough yeah. estimate
2: of three to one. Just
0: because they're so high into the tax and the higher you get into the tax, the more each dollar, the higher the dollar amounts are. Um, I think right now where they are, they're like paying uh dollars per dollar over.
2: Jeez. Oh, so I need more than that, good Lord.
0: Yeah, so... It's yeah. So, and if they added Rudy Gay, it's going to be, they're going to add another, they're going to uh, jump into another tax tier. So it's going to be four, seven, five. So they're probably, not, they're probably like
1: that. not signing Rudy Gay. Um, so that, yeah, you know, so that's why you're here is there's so much fun stuff on the trade deadline, but like the reality of the the math and the legal parameters often is the case that like, you know, I'll, I'll send you or Justin a message. What about this? Right. And then it's like, actually, no, that's impossible for so many reasons. All right. Um, a couple more. I don't understand this one actually. So <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about this. Uh, the Celtics could get up to around $12 million um, with mid-level exception money. Could you explain why that is available to them by way of trade?
2: Well, let me, since uh, I wrote that or, part, let me just make it clear in case anyone doesn't understand exactly what that is they can get well above that but then they're going to have to trade like core rotation players who are playing significant minutes
1: like which, grant or something yeah, yeah. exactly
2: uh, hold on. and we need more up. than grant more than grant like i'm talking like Derek white is probably uh robert williams malcolm brogdon somebody like that
0: you're talking about how they can get more mid-level money right now
2: uh oh no so they, they can, already use their mid-level on yeah dollar. no what i'm what i'm saying is they can they can make a bigger trade than like the the mle like the full mle to like the 12 million dollar range like somewhere somewhere in that range um they can do a bigger trade but if they're going to do a bigger trade than that, they, they have to start adding some bigger salaries
0: oh are you asking like how they can trade for a guy in that range yep. making around mle money
2: but oh okay. know, yeah
0: so like we were talking about yeah. uh yeah. Like we were talking about Gary Harris and uh, McDermott. Um, I think they both made like 13 mil. You know, it's doable. Um, you know, you obviously start with Gallinari. Gallinari by himself can bring back 9 million. Uh, so then you start to look at Cornett, uh, probably Justin Jackson. Uh, they, I think they, they can get there. Um, and I don't think the Celtics are afraid to do that type of trade. Like when they, you know they traded five technically five players i think or four for malcolm brogdon it was like a pretty uneven trade player wise
2: but in the off uh, season which makes yeah. these things even more yes. difficult so
0: and i think they did the same thing in the daniel tice trade it was like a three for one and they i think they went with like they were like i think they had 10 players technically at the end of the deadline before signing a couple more um so so you know, teams, you, you can get around this stuff um, like they're not, the difference between last year and this year is that last year they were trying to duck the tax and they ultimately did with the way they planned everything. Uh, this year, they're they're paying a big tax bill. It doesn't matter. They can if they want to do some uneven trade to get the guy they want. Uh, chances are they'll be able to fill out their roster without much limitations, like even if they would do, even if let's say they could get Gary Harris or Doug McDermott, that's the higher end of uh, that might cost. uh, It's probably going to be like Gallinari, uh, Cornette Jackson, and then maybe have to throw in Griffin. Also, let's say it's a four for one. Now you're down to uh, 11 players. Uh, Maybe you promote uh, one of the two way guys. And then uh, you just add two more buyout guys. You get to 14 teams are possible likely yeah i
2: don't think huh so. i don't think it's likely but it is technically possible yeah
0: like yeah I mean, it's, it's technically possible yeah they can get to like 12 13 mil with like the bottom lower paid or lower paid guys yeah
1: so i think what we've established is <laughs> the window for what boston can do is somewhere between stand pat and look at the bio market and on the upper echelon of what is legal and reasonable maybe send out as much as 12 million and bring back that much in salary. Um, so people listening, go ahead, fire up your trade machine. I've got one in front of you right now. Let's close with first of all, plugging Yosi's uh, trade deadline guide over on Hoopside, plugging divine sweater, plugging Celtics wire, and anything else that we need to plug, let's plug that. Um, but let's close by daydreaming. Because as Justin just said, the Celtics probably don't want to send out more than $12 million, but they could do anything. They could trade Jason Tatum. Well, they couldn't trade Jason Tatum, but they could trade. Can they trade Jason Tatum? Not this mm-hmm. season, right? He's not. They could trade him. He's not That uh, was last uh...
0: year, they couldn't trade him. Okay, or the year so before. They could,
1: they could trade Jason Tatum. We could open that can of worms up if we want to. Um Yossi and Justin and I will marinate on this too what would it look like for unexpected fireworks from the celtics uh to come through this trade deadline and uh, per usual i'll go first to help you stall what you think the first most obvious most fantastic way that the celtics could bring fireworks to the fans of basketball um, in boston would be to sign carmelo anthony as a free agent (laughs) um nothing would be better than to Blake Griffin and Carmelo Anthony warming the bench in Boston. God forbid they'd played a minute of basketball, um, but it would make me very happy. Um, So that would be one big, big thing they could do. Um, Otherwise, like I I was thinking about this the other day, I've spent so much of my life covering the Celtics saying, oh, oh, they're going to trade for LaMarcus Aldridge. They're going to trade for Bradley Beal. They're going to trade for Kawhi. And after like a decade of that, they're finally like, no, they're not going to trade for anyone. Like they're the, they have the best team. Um, so, I, I I don't know. Siakam, uh, as you so you alluded to, is out there. Uh, I suppose Bradley Beal is, in theory, gettable. Zach, Zach Levine is, in theory, gettable. Um, are there any all-stars or all-star caliber players that could be on the move? And could you see them in Boston? Obviously, the answer is no, but play along.
0: I mean, if, if Toronto decides to make their guys available. I think they don't like all their players would represent the best players on the trade market, whether it's Yacom, OG, Fred, like I think each one of them would hands down be the best players available right now that we know for sure it can be had. Uh Other than that, there's really no all-stars, Uh you know, unless you, like, the close, this caliber player maybe. John Collins, is he technically the best player that we know for sure can be had? Uh, I don't think I like him in Boston. Um, there's not just no no one, no all-stars available really right now. Uh, as far as fireworks, if they, what if they sign, I guess, signing Kemba and still not trading Pritchard?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's so bad for the defense.
2: Yeah. he's the I, coach campbell let's be honest he will be like the the break glass in case of the broken glass emergency kind of player yeah. for fireworks well, he, for me
0: seems like a uh locker room kind of signing if they bring him back oh
2: yeah for sure i mean like if they got rid of blake griffin that would be an option you know he kind of blake's role i mean he does you know come yeah. out and play a little bit but uh for for me fireworks would be you know writing a historic wrong Uh, Going back into the annals of Celtics lore and bringing on a guy who was thinking about signing with the Celtics, but ultimately chose another team. Uh, No, I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. I'm talking about Thomas Bryant of the Los Angeles Lakers. I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, He probably wants a little bit too much big of a role. But um, if the alternative is being stuck on the Lakers for the rest of the season, he might really be into that idea. Uh, That's all I got.
1: Yeah, I'm just like looking at the standings now. The Heat, uh, I think, are low key an interesting team. I I know that the Raptors have bad juju, ju- ju, but I would just be patient. I mean, a th- a Thad Young maybe could shake loose, and that's cool. But um, it just does. It doesn't seem to be a team that's in like dire, dire, dire straits right now. The bad teams are proving themselves to be bad, and the middle class teams are proving themselves to be middle class. Um, but. I don't know. There's some nice players in the Spurs. Eric Gordon will go somewhere, I suppose. Um, but uh, I guess in summary, probably not to the Celtics. It doesn't sound like we think the Celtics are going to make a major move. And even if they want to, there's, there's not a great uh, dearth of players out there for them to look at. But I hope I'm wrong about this. And if you're still listening to this podcast, be on the lookout for our little giveaway. And maybe you can give us some ideas. Until then, Yossi Gosselin of HoopsHype.com. Um, be sure everyone, first of all, to go check out his trade deadline guide, but also, Yossi, as always, good to see you. How's the dog?
0: Oh, Maxi's great. You know, okay. still a little rascal, but thank you for asking. And uh, thank you for having me on, guys. It was fun, like always. Okay. Uh, hopefully, you guys are you guys are satisfied with the trade deadline. I hope, uh, hope for that.
2: I just don't want to see any more historic boils at the hands of the Oklahoma City Thunder. If we can get through the regular season with that, I'll be happy.
1: Sure. Let's leave it on that. All right. Thanks very much
2: for listening, and we'll catch you soon.